Welcome to Sideline Sleuths, a true crime podcast all about the tragic yet fascinating cases no one can seem to get enough of. I'm Megan. And I'm Jasmine. We're so glad you're listening. If you like being an armchair detective, you'll love being a Sideline Sleuth. Today we're going to talk about the 2016 murder of 32-year-old Nikki Fitz and also the disappearance of her two-year-old daughter, Ariana. In the early morning hours of April 8th, 2016, a gardener discovered Nikki's body in John McLaren Park in San Francisco, California. That discovery brought a week-long missing person case to a close, but it started another. By locating Nikki, the mystery shifted, with everyone wondering, where's Nikki's daughter? So... Nikki was last seen on Friday, April 1st, when she left her house in Bayview to go meet someone. According to San Francisco Weekly, John McLaren Park is known to be a seedy place and not an unusual place for bodies to be found. So not long before Nikki was killed, the city of San Francisco actually earmarked $12 million for renovations to the park. They had just had like a series of killings or bodies found in the park so they were ready to revamp it so one of revamping that's like making something pretty on down top start of over indian yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pet yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the first things they did was repave pathways throughout the park and it was off one of these new pathways that nikki was buried the gardener noticed a large piece of wood with some sort of like silver character painted on it and this wood was in the dirt hidden behind some ivy bushes. And at first he thought it was just construction scrap, but beneath it was the body of a woman, buried in a shallow grave, curled into the fetal position. She had been severely beaten. The manhunt started for Nikki's killer and Ariana's kidnapper, with everyone wondering if they were one and the same. Right. So recently, San Francisco was listed as the most expensive city in terms of housing in the United States. Um, I read an article from March of 2019 that said the median price of a one-bedroom apartment in San Francisco is like $3,600, which is bananas. I live in a Dallas suburb, and admittedly, it is one of the swankier ones, Mm -hmm. Um, and my rent is ridiculous. So whenever I tell people where I live, they're like, you live there and you're a teacher. I'm like, yeah, and that's why I drive this really old car that's been in 94,000 collisions. But anyway, so San Francisco's cost of living is 96% higher than the U.S. average. And the median home price is $1.2 million. You Everyone need, wants to be there. Yeah. It's a lovely place, except for these it's murders, full apparently, house that are happening in McLaren yeah. Park. Yeah. So you need to make upwards of $120,000 a year in order to live in the city comfortably. Mm-hmm. So there is a reason I'm telling you this. So just remember that San Francisco is outrageously expensive. It's bougie. Yeah. So Nikki has two sisters, Tess and Catherine, and they're all really close. In 2012, Nikki and her daughter, not Ariana, her name is Cindy. They moved into a small place with Nikki's sister Tess and her girlfriend Claire in Pacifica, California, which is like 15 miles south or so of San Francisco. But even not being directly in San Francisco, they still couldn't make ends meet. They were living paycheck to paycheck and they fell behind on rent. So Tess and Claire decided that they needed to move out of the Bay Area. 
Cindy went to live with her dad in Southern California, and Nikki found herself in a homeless shelter for women. Aww. I know. So around this same time, she's pregnant with Ariana, and then she meets this woman named Lesmani Briggs, and I'm not 100% certain if that's how you say that, but it's L-E-S-M-A-N-I. And uh, that person identifies themselves as a street pastor. Well, she invites Nikki and Ariana to move in with her. And she offered to watch Ariana while Nikki worked. So that's Sounds that's pretty, nice. Yeah. I'm very distrusting of people. Yeah. <laughs> On the surface, you're probably like, that's, I hope so. But is it too good to be true, you know? Yeah. So Nikki was grateful for the opportunity to move out of the shelter. So she agrees to move in. She gets a job at Best Buy and things are really looking up for her at first. But after a few months, there are already signs of trouble when the amount of money she's supposed to be paying to Lesmani for rent and childcare start to increase. So she decides to look for an alternative, and she gets Lesmani's nieces, Ciolo and Helena, as well as Helena's husband, Devin, to take over the childcare duties of Ariana. And again, I'm not sure if I'm saying those right. Ciolo is S-I-O-L-O, and then Helena's, I think how you would expect that to be spelled. So when going forward, I'm going to refer to them as the babysitters as much as possible rather than saying their names. So the childcare duties of Ariana has shifted from Lesmani to the babysitters. The babysitters, I might just be a little bit lost. They're related to Lesmani? Yeah, they're her nieces. They're her nieces. And the sisters, Nikki's sisters, were like kind of skeptical about that. So they were like, please find somebody outside of this family. But yeah. she said that the nieces weren't that close to Lesmani. They actually weren't on good terms at the time, so she really wasn't that worried about it. Okay. And she already knew them, so. Yeah, and she, if you're really trying to make it work, and it's kind of a... And a, you don't have a lot of options, so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I see. So the babysitters are going to take care of Ariana for her now. But shifting those responsibilities from Lesmani to them only made Nikki's living situation worse. She started to send Nikki harassing text messages and go through her personal belongings. <gasps> yeah, that's invasion. So eventually things got so bad that Tess and Claire, as well as the San Francisco Police Department, actually came to the house to help Nikki and Ariana move out. And prior to this, Nikki and Ariana were living with Lesmani off and on for about two years. So this is like a, a large window of time. It's like yeah. Ariana's whole life. Because when she went to the shelter, she was pregnant with Ariana. Yeah. So at this point, Ariana's like two-ish when she moves out. So Nikki complained that Lesmani was controlling. and Clearly. Yeah. She showed her sisters some of the text messages that she received from her, and they were really abusive. And they would say things like, you need to bring my baby back over here. And I get that she had been there, like, most of her life, and she was watching her, but it's not your baby. not your baby. That's really weird and possessive. Definitely weird. So Lesmani was interviewed after Nikki's death, and she admitted that she was really tough on Nikki, but said that was because she really loved her and like viewed her as her daughter and that since it was her home basically she can make whatever rules she wants and that was her excuse for like going through her stuff and moral of the story guys do not get your pastors off the streets (laughs) and then live with them so nikki's sisters thought that lesmani was taking advantage of her because the rent that she was supposed to pay was inconsistent and the childcare fees plus the rent that fluctuated was like getting out of control but also, Lesmani was making Nikki pay for groceries for the household, and not just her and Ariana. 
Right. She found them in conditions where they were having a hard time. Shelter, yeah. So why would you continue to increase risk? It Especially if it's them. like your daughter yeah. and, oh, that's your baby. Then like yeah. you want her to eat, right? Yeah. Like you want to make sure she's okay. And if, this is a strange type of transaction. If, there shouldn't be a transaction. If Nikki's struggling, Ariana's struggling. And if you really love that baby, if you really love Nikki, why would you put them in a situation that's like harmful to them? So, you know, she's only working at Best Buy. So mm-hmm. she's not making a ton of money. Granted, like, the minimum wage and stuff over there is different because it's of so course. expensive. But between inconsistent rent and childcare costs and groceries, she's working at Best Buy. She's like she barely has any money. She's left not over. rich. Yeah, so she's really struggling. But that wasn't the end of Nikki's troubles. So I told you she had this other daughter, Cindy, and she was living in Southern California with her dad. But about the same time that all this is happening, Cindy actually gets taken from her dad and placed somewhere else through Child Protective Services. Oh, so the dad's sketchy? I have no idea what that was about. Like, okay. the stories didn't really go too far into it. But basically, like, Cindy needs to be back with her mom. But her mom is not necessarily Stable. in a good situation, yeah, to take her back. But anything's got to be better than, like, CPS placing your kid somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So Nikki really wanted to get her daughter back, but she was really struggling. So... Whenever she moved out of Lesmani's, she was basically like couch surfing. So she would sleep on her friend's couches during the week when she was working, when she had like multiple shifts back to back at Best Buy. And then she would leave Ariana with the babysitters. So they weren't, they were more like unofficial foster parents than babysitters. Like she wasn't dropping her off in the morning and picking her up at night. She would spend like days at a time with the babysitters because Nikki didn't really have a lot of options. So she's sleeping on her friend's couches, Ariana's somewhere else. And then when she has, like, some days off, she could do the two-hour commute between Santa Cruz, where Tess and Claire lived, and San Francisco, where she worked at Best Buy. But then she also had to go to, like, court proceedings for the possession of Cindy while she's trying to fight for her. So it didn't... This is a rough time in her life. It didn't really leave her a lot of time to spend with Ariana. So she's hardly seeing her. And it's not a situation she likes, and she wants to change things. But she's not really sure how she's going to be able to. So at the time of Nikki's death, Cindy was 12 years old. And Nikki was actually just months away from finally regaining custody of her. So this is like a lot going on for her. But she didn't really share these struggles with other people. She dealt with things all on her own most of the time with her friends and coworkers often completely in the dark about what was going on. Um, one of them said they had no idea she was homeless until they like offered to like split an Uber or something on the way home from work and she confided in them that she actually didn't have a destination, like she didn't have anywhere to go. And that coworker said she would often hang out at the store for like hours after her shift ended and then it finally made sense like, oh, because she had nowhere to go. Oh, that's super yeah. sad. And I can't imagine like leaving your child somewhere else just because you literally have, like, nowhere. But that's very selfless of her to be like, I can't take her right now. So can someone else, I guess, help me out here? Rather than just, you know, couch surf with your two-year-old. You know, that's kids need stability. So just when Nikki thought that her luck might be changing because a co-worker, and not the same one I just told you about, this person's name is Goyette Williams, they offer Nikki a place to stay and tell her that Ariana is more than welcome to come to. But it turns out that things are only going to get worse. Like, how much worse can they get? Like, you know? So Nikki is preparing to pick up Ariana for good and bring her to their new home. She even bought a bed for her and some gifts. She was really trying to get the place ready for her daughter. So she was getting really excited. So she contacts the babysitters to tell them that she's ready to come get Ariana. And they tell her that 
she can't. Girl, what? Yeah. So I just can't imagine being like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming to get, pick up my kid. And they're just like, no. Like, she can't, like, they're not willing to let her or she can't because she physically is not there. They are not going to allow her to take Ariana. Child, boy, I wish you would tell me I couldn't get yeah. my own kid. Yeah, it would. I'd have some choice words and wow. hands for those people. So it's mid-March. <laughs> it's mid-March at this point. And if you remember, Nikki went missing on April 1st. Mm-hmm. And then she was found dead on April 8th. So in mid-March, she's like, hey, I'm coming to get Ariana. We have a new place to stay. And I guess she's basically telling them that she's not going to need their child care services anymore. Well, it turns out that Nikki was actually behind in her payments that she was supposed to be making to the babysitters for keeping Ariana. So so they, they were holding the little girl hostage? Yeah. So I think that was kind of factored into their decision, like hesitating to give her back. Like then they'd never get their money or something. Like, But listen, she this was is their a leverage. human being. Yeah. And doesn't make any sense. This group of people is weird. Yeah. Sketchy. If you're hurting for money because you're caring for someone else's toddler, why would you then keep the child longer? When it's like obviously beyond your financial means to do so. Yeah. And it's not, it's not your, I mean, it's not your you're just going to continue to incur costs. Yeah. Like just cut, like. Cut your losses. You might not get your money back, but like it's better than going further in the hole because you can't afford to take care of this kid. But instead, they basically chose to hold Ariana Ransom. This is very Les Mis. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so the sisters tell her that, like, well, right now you can't come get her because we're actually out of town. We're in Anaheim, California at Disneyland. So they're not hurting for money. They're just jerks. That's exactly what I was going to say. They're at Disneyland? So that doesn't make any sense because Disney is expensive. And, uh, and they're, <laughs> they're strapped for cash. Like, so then they're going to... It's expensive in Florida, and they're it, in the Cali one. Yeah, so I don't, I've never been to that one, but I can only imagine it's worse. So at Ariana's age, I'm pretty sure her Disney ticket's free. I think it's like three and older pay. So Ariana would have been free, but that doesn't, like, cover your, like, travel, like, gas, or your T- lodging, Tickets for the food. adults of food. It's like, you get one of those turkey legs, yeah. that's like $12. Oh my gosh, I'm making a lot of money <laughs> right now. So, like, and yeah, their tickets cost money, and then if they brought any other children with them, their tickets cost money. So, like, really what they should have done is given Ariana back before Disneyland, and also, there's no pictures that at the, Disneyland. Oh, okay. There's like, so they, I don't know, it's very Casey Anthony-like. Because remember she said something about Disney World because she's in Florida. And that was like how she was trying to stall things, you know? Uh-huh. And that's kind of what I think they were yeah, trying to do here. They were trying like. to stall. Because who goes to Disney and doesn't take pictures? Like, I paid yeah. for that, like the photo pass this thing, you gonna know? going to be a whole scrapbook yeah. over this. <laughs> you see my Facebook album. So like, we had matching <laughs> shirts for every day. Like, Disney is, super a, cute. It is nothing but like photo opportunities in Disney. So they took no pictures. Anyway, Nikki is frustrated about this because that story's not adding up and she's just ready to get her daughter back. But again, she doesn't really share these feelings with other people. As usual, she goes through her struggles mostly alone. But she did confide in someone and tell them that she gave the babysitters a deadline of April 3rd. She wanted her daughter back by then. No questions asked. Like, there's ne- you're not going to tell me no. There's no stalling this time. Like, April 3rd, I'm coming to get her. So Tess and Claire say at the time that Nikki died, they hadn't seen their niece, Ariana, since about mid-February. So that's like six weeks or so. Okay. And they had like no idea when the last time Nikki actually saw her was because she's spending like extended periods of time with the babysitter. So they don't know when Nikki saw her last, but they know that they saw her last mid-February. So if Nikki hadn't seen her in just as long, like that's that's a like a, really a long time. time. Anything could have yeah. happened. To and her. in mid March, she's like, I want my daughter. And they're like, We're in Anaheim. And she's like, Okay, well, by April 3rd, like, you're going to need to hand her over to me. So 
as you know. That's really gracious to even give them a deadline. Yeah, I would like, have been the like, police are coming yes, now. right now. So, but I, I think there's probably a good-ish reason that Nikki didn't involve the police. So, I'll tell you in a second. Mm. So, April 1st is the day that Nikki went missing. And it was a pretty normal day for her. She went to work at Best Buy and was planning to hang out with Claire, her sister-in-law, that evening because Claire came in town for a job interview. But Claire unexpectedly canceled, so then Nikki went to hang out with her coworker Michael instead. And at some point, she and Michael go to a pizza hut and they get a pizza because Nikki's going to take it home to share with her roommate. And they also go to a 7-Eleven where he says Nikki withdraws several hundred dollars but does not give him any explanation it's like what it's for, why she's doing this. Mm. So Nikki goes home and she's eating pizza with her roommate and they're watching a movie. Well, in the middle of the movie, Nikki gets a phone call. And she tells Goyette that she's going to be right back and then they'll finish the movie. She just needs to meet up with someone like really quickly at a BJ's restaurant right down the street. So she assures her that it's going to be quick and then they'll come back and watch the movie. However, when her roommate went to sleep that night, Nikki still wasn't back. And in fact, she woke up the next morning to find that Nikki still hadn't returned. And this is when things really go south. So Nikki texted her roommate at some point in the middle of the night saying that she was actually going to head to Fresno with her friend Sam, which Goyette was confused by because one, Nikki didn't own a car. And then she'd also never heard of Sam before. And she said in the text, like, it would have been like a, like, oh, I'm going to go record my podcast with Jasmine. People have heard me say this before. Yeah. But she just says, Sam, like, it's normal and it's not normal. But that wasn't it. Nikki also made a Facebook post that was bizarre around the same time, too. It said, quote, spending time with my three-year-old need this break. But break was spelled wrong. It was spelled B-R-A-K-E. And there wasn't any punctuation and letters that should have been capitalized weren't. And this really struck people as odd because they said Nikki was really known to care about grammar and spelling and things like that. So this post would have been completely out of the ordinary for her. Yeah, it's gross for yeah, anyone that yeah. Who wants to read cares that? about life. <laughs> yeah. But what was even weirder than that is Nikki's daughter Ariana was two, not three. <gasps> right? I wish so you guys could see her face right weirdo... Now. Her, definitely not her not posting her making it. that post so as you already know nikki didn't show up for work the next day and then another day after that goes by and her co-workers goyette and michael they got really worried so when tess and claire found out about it they immediately knew that there was a cause to panic her sister tess didn't understand how the plans could change so dramatically from i'm just gonna run up the street really quick to bj's and i'll be right back to finish this movie all the way to, hey, I'm going to go to Fresno with this person named Sam, who you guys have never even heard of before, in a car that I don't own. To spend time with a With baby. my three-year-old that's actually two, two, because I need a break, like a car break, right. not like an actual relaxation break. break. So. so Tess began to try to figure it out on her own. Michael told her that Nikki withdrew lots of cash, so Tess started to think that it was probably like the babysitter saying, well, give us the money you owe us and we'll bring you back your kid. That's exactly and what I was thinking. since Nikki really wanted to get Ariana back and have her at her new home, she did just that. So she took out the money and thought she was going to meet up with them to exchange Ariana. And she was really desperate in the weeks like leading up to this because they had been stalling and giving her the runaround. So 
Tess files a missing person report with the San Francisco Police Department. Good and word. their other sister, Catherine, flies in from San Diego. But the thing is, once you're over 18, you're allowed to go missing. It's super weird. I've been... I'm, yeah. You're allowed to just disappear and start over. And, like, nobody can do anything about it. So aside from the actual filing, there's, like, not much that can be done on, like, the police side of things. But Unless you know there's, like, some type of yeah, foul play. Right? Yeah, unless you have a reason to suspect foul play, yeah. Okay. But that wasn't going to stop Tess. So she went through Nikki's social media and started contacting her friends. She was following up on every single lead on her own. She was doing, like, her own DIY detective work and... She admits that it took her a few days before she started to suspect that the babysitters had something to do with her sister's disappearance. She said, quote, but then it clicked. What is the missing link in all of this? It's them. So many people commented on the missing post about Ariana and Nikki, and not once did they. You're the ones who spend the most time with Ariana. You should have been the first ones to be concerned if she's nowhere to be seen, end quote. Yeah. yeah. I like Tess. Yeah, I do too. All She's, right, respect. Her and Tom's mom need to get together. Yeah. So. They just need awards. Yeah. Tess and Claire go to talk to the police about their suspicions, but they didn't actually really know anything about the babysitters. So Claire sent Ciolo a friend request on Facebook, which she accepted. Ding dong. Yeah. And <laughs> you just lie out there. Oh, friends. Yeah. So she sends her a message. She accepts the friend request, and then she sends her a message, and she's like, asking if she's seen or heard from Nikki or Ariana, and she reads it and doesn't respond. So why would you accept the friend request if you're just going to, like, blow off the messages? Like, you have to know what this is about. Oh, maybe she accepted the friend request and didn't realize who it was, you know? And then she was like, oh, this is what this is about? Regret. Yeah, because Claire is Nikki's sister-in-law. She is the partner of of Nikki's sister, Tess. So she has a different last name. It starts with a B, but I can't remember. That's a good point. Maybe she didn't realize who she was. She's just desperate for Um, Facebook friends. So, yeah. So a few months before Nikki and Ariana vanished, Tess was actually giving them a ride to Helena's house so that Nikki could drop off Ariana. And when Helena ended up not being home, the group drove over to the other sister's house next. And though she didn't have the address, she did remember a few identifying characteristics so she decided to make that drive again and see if she could, like, figure out where she was, and she did. So luckily, she could recognize Helena's house and then was able to give the police her address so that nice. they could come talk to her, like, Tess, killing it. Props, so yeah, snaps. The devastating news of Nikki's death came next, though. On April 8th, a detective called Tess and Catherine and told them that they had some information about the case and that their sister had been located. And I'm pretty sure that that's exactly how they worded it. So they go in like super hopeful, like they found Nikki. But unfortunately, when they arrived to meet up with investigators, they learned that it was her body that had been located and Nikki had been murdered. Oh, is that like purpose? I don't know. I I guess you wouldn't want to tell somebody that on the phone, but still. So yeah, they went in like in good spirits and it was the exact opposite. Hmm. So San Francisco PD did a press release the following day asking for information about the whereabouts of two-year-old Ariana. They considered her to be at risk due to her age and said that they suspected foul play. And police hit the ground running. They were tracking down surveillance footage, interviewing friends and coworkers, and they also obtained search warrants for the homes of Helena and Ciolo. So um, San Francisco PD said that the babysitters and Helena's husband, Devin, were not being cooperative with them in their investigations. Of course not. And their statements were inconsistent. 
So pretty much like right out of the gate, Helena hires a defense attorney. And he said that now that she's shifted from being like a potential witness to a potential suspect, he's not going to allow his client to give statements to the police. But during all this, police learned that Helena had actually served six years in prison when she was 18 for killing the father of her two-year-old child. What? Yeah. How long? Six years. So I don't know. That's it. Like the circumstances of why he was killed, but she's just murdering and just back on the streets. Yeah, looking six years. At, like, looking after people's kids. That's like not, yeah, and then you're going to be somebody's babysitter. Ugh. So Helena apparently said that this conviction led to her being judged and targeted unfairly in the death of Nikki and the disappearance of Ariana. Unfairly. Unfairly. Yeah, that's what she said. So they just like assumed she was the culprit because she'd killed somebody before. It also but, didn't help that you weren't cooperative with police and you were giving inconsistency and you held a kid hostage. Yeah. So, a couple weeks. when you Google Helena with her maiden name, which is Hearn, H-E-A-R-N-E, instead of Martin, which is her married name, the first thing that's going to come up, actually the first two things that come up, are about the February 2001 shooting death of her then-fiancé, Dante. So, Helena Hearn. Yeah. Jasmine picked up her phone as soon as I said it. A few weeks into the investigation... Police made a plea to the public by releasing a photo of the board that was found covering Nikki's body. While you have your phone in your hand, you should look that up too. What is it? Wait. The like the piece of plywood. So I would type in like Nikki Fitz plywood maybe. I meant to print that picture for you. I can put it on our Instagram and our Facebook though. This is so fun. Oh, so, I sound like such a weirdo. A few weeks into the investigation, police they released the picture and a commander with the SFPD said, quote, the plywood has been spray painted. There's markings on it, which we hope someone will recognize. These markings may be construction related or even graffiti, but it is our hope that someone will recognize them, end quote. Do you see it? I do. He went on it to say, bizarre. quote, we are confident that Ariana was in the care of a couple of individuals. I think she's still in the Bay Area and I think she's still alive, end quote. Okay. So... For a month, police followed up on leads. On May 18th, at a large press conference, Best Buy said that they were offering a $10,000 reward for information leading to the recovery of Ariana Fitz. Oh, Best Buy. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, $10,000, you could do a little bit more. You're Best Buy. Yeah, but maybe they're not, uh, I mean, people don't often just go right to Best Buy to yeah. buy their electronics these days. That's true, Amazon. Yeah. A representative for the company said, quote, As we continue to mourn the loss of our friend and colleague, Nicole, we are still hopeful Ariana will be found safely. We hope that by offering a reward, we can bring the person responsible to justice and begin to heal, end quote. The same day that the reward was announced, though, the San Francisco chief of police resigned. So a lot had been happening in San Francisco around the time that Nikki died and Ariana vanished. There were fatal officer-involved shootings, and just one day before Nikki's body was found, police officers shot and killed a man, and then six weeks after that, they shot and killed this woman named Jessica Williams, who was a suspect in a car burglary. So the cops were just yeah, they were probably making questionable decisions, and they were under a lot of like scrutiny and pressure from the public. So there was actually a protest going on by something called the Frisco Five, which is a group of individuals who went on a hunger strike and demonstrated right outside of the San Francisco Police Department's mission station. And they were protesting due to the incidents of police brutality and use of force violations and racial bias. So the chief of police was being pressured to resign, and then he did. 
And this is also the reason that Nikki and Ariana didn't get as much, like, news coverage as they should have because, I mean, a two-year-old girl has been, like, kidnapped and her mother has been murdered and all of this other stuff is happening in the city. So it's, like, fighting for airtime for... Investigators don't believe that Ariana was present at the time of Nikki's murder, which is good, I guess. I read that Nikki was still wearing her Best Buy shirt when she was buried. Mm. It's just sad because she was trying so hard to get her life in a good place so that she could have both of her girls with her again. And like as soon as that's like about to happen, like the pieces are finally falling into place, she's murdered and Ariana goes missing. So something that has really puzzled me while I was researching this case is how focused investigators seem to be on the silver character painted on the plywood that concealed Nikki's body. Yeah, I saw, I mean, I looked at it. It looks unique for sure. To me, it doesn't look like anything. It kind of looks like a little, like a little castle or something. I think it kind of, well, it kind of looks like a crude sketch of like an Adventure Time character, Finn. Oh. (laughs) Do you see that now? Okay, yeah. yeah. Now I feel like they should have just thrown away that evidence. (laughs) But that's like the only thing I can get out of it. And they seem to think it's like really significant. Well, maybe they were just thinking that if somebody was painting that, and maybe they saw something, like, you know, like they... Oh, yeah. I knew my friend was working on this artwork of Finn from Adventure Time. (laughs) And this is his crude sketch of what he was about to do. So they actually don't think that it's leftover construction scrap at the park. And they think it came from wherever Nikki was killed and then brought to the park. Really? Yeah. I don't but know. what about it tells... I mean, I'd like to know more. They haven't said, like, why they think that, but that's what they think. And I've seen repeated mentions that they think if someone can recognize that character, then they're going to, like, know who's Ooh. responsible for yeah, the Yeah, or death. know like, where it came from yes. so they can get more information yeah. or uh-huh. evidence from there. And, like, somehow, if you could just identify this silver character, you're going to find Ariana. I guess. I don't know. I guess. I mean, it was on top of her body. Like, yeah, she was underneath. Did they like put her body on it and carry her? Like that was like their like. Yeah, and then they just or they maybe were, they like, just dumped it over. Yeah. And then like, maybe there's it. some evidence that shows that. Yeah, I don't like, know. They didn't say though. Other than them just thinking it's important, they haven't really said anything else about this. Now that I know, now that I see the Adventure Time thing, I'm just like, you can't, you can't I can't believe it. y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a castle. It's Adventure Time. Okay. So I mean, it, who knows? They don't know either. I've seen investigators say over and over again that they think Ariana is alive somewhere and being raised as someone else's child. But on the internet, the general consensus is that Ariana was killed and that she was killed before Nikki was. And basically that Nikki's killers killed her to conceal killing Ariana. Right. Well, you said that they got warrants for both of those the babysitter's houses, uh-huh. and they didn't find anything, I'm assuming, because they don't have her, and yeah. she's been So found. who would be taking care of her, right? Yeah. Or maybe that crazy, the other lady. Lesmani. Lesmani held on to her while they were getting raided. And they just, or, like, transferring her. I don't know. I think they were kind of probably being... Estranged. Yeah. Or, or they were watching them at some point. Like, I don't know if you could smuggle a top there. Under a little, like, you know. know. And then they were stalling on the rest of the stuff. So that's actually was my next sentence. So Nikki was growing increasingly frustrated with the babysitters because they were stalling. And they were being really hesitant about returning her back. So it's doubtful that she would have been able to hold out much longer. Like, at some point, she would have just been like, you said, like, give me my kid. Like, show up over there, like, knocking on the door. So maybe Ariana was potentially already dead. And so to get Nikki off their back, they felt like they had to kill her. I see. Yeah, that, that's the only thing. I because I, I don't, I don't understand wanting someone else's baby so badly. That's like a baby's not something you can hide. Yeah, especially when people know where to look. You know, yeah. this is really. And it was like common knowledge that they often had her, so it's not like they could really like just hide her or raise her as their own. But 
I've seen a lot of speculation that Ariana may have been accidentally killed by the babysitters. Like, they were frustrated with Nikki and the fact that she was behind on payments and they took their frustration out on Ariana. Like, Yeah, that's totally something that yeah. happens. And then they were like, crap. And then Nikki, right after this happens, Nikki's like, hey, I want my daughter back. And they're like, we just murdered her accidentally or Yeah, she's whatever. like in the floorboards and of then, our house. So they're trying to stall her, but Nikki's like, She's like, April 3rd, like, I'm coming to get my kid. And they're like, well, now we have to handle Nikki before April 3rd. Gosh. So a lot of commenters on various forums have questioned why Nikki didn't involve law enforcement sooner. That was my question. Yeah, when she first started asking for her daughter back and was being denied access to her. But to me, that doesn't really seem so unbelievable because she was in the thick of it trying to regain custody of Cindy and alerting police to her living situation or her childcare arrangements and all that might have hindered that process. Megan, you're so smart because I didn't think about that at all. So she's she even still she even, probably couldn't imagine they would harm her daughter. So to her, it was just like going to be like a delay, but not like a I better get her now I before. Just so much more distrust. I yeah. don't trust people to take care of my kids. I, I just heard too many There's, horror stories. Like, we aren't, so we're not going to do sleepovers kids. with my son, like maybe with family only, but even then that's going to be like an extreme situation. So some, one of his friends is always like, can he come over and spend the night at my house? And I'm always like, I don't know, my, your mom and I will talk about it. And the other day, the older brother, he's like eight or nine, he asked and I was like, actually, we don't do sleepovers in our family because he can't go anywhere that I can't also go and I'm not going to have a sleepover at your house. Like, <laughs> when he's 13, well, I think we're going to revisit it, but like there's a 0% chance that my kids go and sleep at someone else's house. Like, you just, my parents were never so intense about it. They were yeah. like, never, never, never. If never. I had daughters, I know that's a double standard. If I had a daughter, I'm pretty sure I'd be on the never, never yeah. ever sleepover list. Like your friends can sleep at our house, but you are not going over there. So yeah, no sleep. I just, this whole thing, I can't imagine having so few options that this is what you have to do. Yeah, but but I still feel like even if you don't, I mean, I guess it's just a, a can of worms you don't want to open if you're in Nikki's situation. Yeah. But even if I let you hold my daughter for a night to babysit her, there's no way ever you're not immediately mm-hmm. like you give me back my like you have no rights to my daughter. But CPS is going like, to probably be like, why was your kid over there? How long has she been over there? You know, so she just I didn't want to open the can yeah. of worms. I'm so with so, you, but I just also come on. And Nikki didn't seem like a negligent mom. She seemed like she was doing this because she had to, yeah, but she wishes she yeah. So it's awful situation. She her seem, daughter's so cute. I know yo. she's beautiful. You guys got to see these pictures. I hope yeah. I will post them on our Facebook and our Instagram page. So. It didn't seem like she had a lot of options, so maybe she didn't involve the police because she just wanted to remain on good terms with the babysitters in case she were to ever need their, like, quote-unquote help again in the future. Sure. So if you call the police on them, they're probably not going to feel too inclined to ever watch Ariana for you ever again. That's true. And it seems like since she didn't have anybody else, it is really possible that she might need them one day and she didn't want to burn that bridge. So she was trying to wait as long as she could before mm-hmm. involving the police, which is why she gave them like April 3rd, this deadline. So I think she did what she did to protect both of her daughters. And unfortunately it just cost her her life and potentially Ariana's. I just think it's a weird arrangement for anyone ever to offer to take care of your kids long term and demand money for yeah. it. And then I feel like if that's something that you want to do, do it out of the kindness of your yeah. heart. Like money you're really struggling, I'm gonna help you out. Yeah. Yeah. If there ever, ever is a money exchange and we know that from the age old tale of Les Miserables, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't don't do it. Because yeah. it's just gonna start you know. Yeah. It's just it I don't know. Yeah, well. it doesn't it doesn't seem like they were just wanting to help. They were like extorting her. And Lesmani was taking advantage of her before, yeah. so, so family tree. Yeah. 
I think that most people who learn the details of this case believe that Nikki's killer or killers and Ariana's kidnappers are the same people. I haven't seen anyone saying or I haven't seen anything that would make me think that the two are not connected to each other. Mm. Naturally, most people are suspecting the babysitters as the culprits in both incidents. To me, it's just been like mind-blowing that there's been no official connection made to them. Maybe because there was such a large lapse in time from when Ariana was last seen and when Nikki died. Like, we know the babysitters often had her, and they definitely had her in February and March, but there's nothing confirming that they had her as far out as, like, the end of March or April 1st when Nikki was killed. I mean, like, we know that they did have her, and they, but there's a difference between what you know and what you can prove. Yeah. So as far as anybody can prove, she maybe hasn't been with them since the middle of February. Yeah, but then there's no, like, it's still their responsibility where she is then. Well, let's say in the middle of February she gave, they're saying they gave them back to Nikki. There's nothing that can prove that they didn't. I guess. And, like, they also can't prove that they did, but they yeah, can't. but you have the no, they have nothing to, yeah. yeah, they have no evidence to say that something happened, so. Wow. There's so many things. I mean, like, if it wasn't, I'd like to see, like, if she had the money on her, or like, was she completely empty-handed? Like, was yeah. her wallet empty? Like, was there anything to suggest that there was any other reason for yeah. her to have been murdered and underneath a giant wood plank? Yeah. I don't know if they... I don't think the roommate even knew she had withdrawn that money because it was the other co-worker. Right. So, so they just put would, those two yeah. things together. She wouldn't have been like, well, I know that Nikki left the house with $600, and then when they found her, she didn't have it. She didn't... I don't think she knew Nikki had the money, yeah. so... In March of 2017, nearly a year after Nikki was killed... Police searched a vehicle that hadn't been previously searched. Though it was never confirmed by officials, the sisters think it was Helena's car. Mm -hmm. The same commander who made the statements in the press releases I read you earlier said, quote, We've authored a bunch of search warrants in both California and other states. We've towed a vehicle that we believe may be tied to the crime, and we're making some unbelievable strides in this case, Ooh. end quote. But since he made that statement, San Francisco police have not released any other information. There have been no updates. Despite all the search warrants from multiple cities in the Bay Area all the way to Southern California, conducting numerous interviews, and seizing upwards of 30,000 pieces of evidence, no charges have been filed in the murder of Nikki Fitz or the kidnapping of Ariana. Lesmani, Helena, and Ciolo all remain persons of interest in this case. Nikki's coworker and friend Michael said, quote, it never leaves you. Is today going to be the day I get the phone call and hear they made an arrest or get a call that they found Ariana? I wait every day and I just get nothing, end quote. In 2016, San Francisco's police department had a homicide solve rate of 71%, which is higher that than the, great. the national average. But the murder of Nikki Fitz has never been solved and her daughter Ariana is still missing. She would be five years old now. If you would like more information about this case, you can visit the Facebook page, Help Find Baby Ariana Fitz, or join the Facebook group, Finding Nicole, Nikki Fitz, and Ariana Fitz. The San Francisco PD has said if you see Ariana to please immediately call 911. Additionally, if you have any information on the whereabouts of Ariana Fitz or the murder of her mother, Nikki, to please contact them. You can reach the San Francisco Police Department's Homicide Unit at 415 553-1145. There are also several other ways that people with information can provide a tip to investigators. Their anonymous tip line can be reached by calling 415-575-4444.
and you can text a tip to TIP411 by writing SFPD at the beginning of your message or visit sanfranciscopolice.org slash tip. Thank you for listening to Sideline Sleuths. If you have any comments or questions about this case or just feedback about the show in general, you can find us online at facebook.com slash sideline sleuths.